There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into our Friday edition of the podcast. We'd like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. We want to be a help. We want to be a blessing to folks. We want to take the Word of God and preach what God said. Yesterday in the podcast, we were in Hebrews chapter 2, and in verse 1, we dealt with some things that have slipped. We've let them slip. The Apostle Paul is speaking of the law of God. He's speaking of the commandments of God. He's speaking of the doctrines of God. And by the way, that law is a doctrine. And folks say, well, uh, you ought to preach doctrine today. Law is a doctrine. There's the doctrine of the law of God. And these things have slipped. Why have we let them slip? Because of respect of persons, because of finances. Men are hirelings today. We follow a pattern of men that we look to that seem successful and they seem uh, maybe to have their act together, large ministry. And we say, you know, uh, he said, and then we quote them, and then we change what we believe about something or change what we think about something. And by the way, if a man believes it and we change because he believes it, we never believed it in the first place. And you don't change what you believe except by the word of God. If so, you don't really believe it. It is that sin of unbelief. You're saying, well, I I believe this, but you don't believe it because you change it week to week. Some people change every day. They don't know what they believe. They have no idea what they believe. And so we deal with that matter of that slipping and these things that have gone away from us, these things we've heard that that now they've slipped away. But then in verse 2, he tells you why we preach it. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. There is a recompense of reward for violation of the law of God. There is a recompense of reward for every transgression. So we preach it. And we don't let these things slip. We warn people. And here's why. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? People say, well, I'm saved. Well, if you're saved, then tell others. If you're saved, live it. If you're saved, be an example. You don't have to walk according to the law as the Apostle Paul did in the matter of being a Pharisee. You don't have to walk according to that law, but you don't let the law of God slip in your life. And you know, people today, they find a little pet thing. They find a little, either a holiday or a manner of a type of clothing, something small and minuscule in particular, and it becomes kind of their pet thing. And they go out there and they expose this and they let people know, I found this little pet thing that we're all doing wrong. And I sit there so many times, I think, my goodness, I was like, that's the least of my problems. My problems are not what I watch on YouTube. My problems are not what my wife wears at nighttime. My problems are not in those little hidden things, those little incidentals of life. My problem is deep-rooted in the fact that inwardly, amen, Jesus Christ has made a change in me and made a difference in my life. And outwardly, 
my flesh still hates to be told what to do. That's the problem. Hates to receive instruction contrary to the flesh. And you say, well, my flesh isn't like that. Well, God bless you. I guess you've crossed over. Thank God for that. My flesh does not like anybody correcting it, anybody telling it how to live, anybody telling it it cannot have, it cannot do, it cannot receive. My flesh still despises that instruction. And my friend, I believe all safe folk battle that. I believe every day. That's why we die daily. It's why we have to crucify the lust. We have to crucify the flesh. We have to take our flesh and die to it. Why? Because every day it rises up contrary to the word of God. And our flesh is what's going to let these things slip. But there is a recompense of the reward. There is a day coming. We're going to be judged for these things done in this body, whether it be good, whether it be evil. You will receive Boy, Christians today live like there's no judgment. Uh, they live like the judgment seat of Christ is going to be candy and pom-poms and cheerleaders. And they say, well, we're standing for the judgment seat of Christ, and I can't wait to get that reward. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, judgment doesn't denote necessarily a reward. But what I do see the judgment seat is fire, and it's going to burn up all those things we did in our flesh, all those things that were so dear to us, all our little pet things, all our little projects, all our little ideals that we did, even for the good of the church, even for the good of religion, it's all going to burn up. And the only thing left is that gold, those silver, and by the way, those precious jewels, those secret things with God, those things that we've laid up with him, those things that were done for the glory of God and solely for the glory of God. Boy, that sure does eliminate a lot of our works. And so if we neglect this great salvation, this great judgment that comes upon a man, he's in which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And so the Apostle Paul tells us those that heard him confirmed these things. Jesus Christ in his earthly ministries telling us these things. Hey, we go back to adultery. We'll go back to what we spoke of tomorrow, things that have slipped. Adultery has slipped in our, in our churches. Adultery has slipped in preaching. Adultery has Nobody wants to preach on adultery. Why? Our churches are filled with adulterers. But it's more than just the act of adultery. If a man lusts in his heart after that, when he's already committed adultery. Jesus Christ told us that. That's the thing he's instructed us in. That's the thing that we preach today. Why? Because you've looked at that woman, you've lusted in your heart, you've already committed adultery in your heart. You don't have to do the actions. God sees it. Oh, well, man didn't see it. We're okay. No, God saw it. And God saw the heart, and God saw that adultery of the heart. God saw that wickedness. And yet, a man stands in judgment of those things, neglecting, neglecting his great salvation. Uh, not understanding there's a time in his life that he's going to stand in judgment of these things. And then somebody preaches, and what does he do? He appeases his flesh. He loves himself. And he bows up and bucks up and gets all offended. I remember years ago, preachers, I'm talking about 20 plus years ago, he said, you young men, don't you preach with sarcasm. And I remember sitting there going, dear goodness, I don't know any other way to preach. Here I am 22, 23 years later, I'm still going, I don't know any other way to preach. Sarcasm is the thrust of my ministry. Sarcasm is just the thrust of how I preach. I'm not trying to be funny about that. But he had an idea with his sarcasm. You couldn't be sarcastic in the pulpit. You know something I've learned? You must get the point across. Whatever it takes. There's some guys are tremendous entertainers. This preachers all go listen. That they're hilariously funny. They got great stories. They got hunting stories and fishing stories and, and, and ministry stories. And I mean, it's entertaining. And they can make a point and tell a story and get that point across. And I can receive it. I can understand the point they're making. I can grasp it. And somebody said they're criticizing. 
Another man's just a sarcastic jerk. And thank God for those men. I like them. Amen. It helps me. I realize sometimes sarcasm makes me see what I am. Other men are just stoic. Other men have zero emotion in the pulpit. But it's what they say. It's the word of God that pricks me. I watched that message. I talked about it yesterday on the podcast. 1986. You ought to look it up. Brother Sammy Allen. And I mean, he preached. Sonny preached. And people say, well, not everybody has to preach like that. Well, it would be good if more men did. It would be good if more men decided they're going to rear back and just let it, let it fly. Just rear back and preach the gospel. Amen. Glory to God. Why? Because people are slipping. They're neglecting this great salvation. They're turning away from the things of God. The Lord spoke these things, and then those that heard him confirmed it. When did Peter confirm it? At Pentecost. This is what Jesus Christ said. I saw it. I witnessed it. John said, which I have seen, which I have handled, of the word of life. John touched Jesus Christ, handled Jesus Christ. He spoke those things. That's what Paul's speaking of. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and divers with divers miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will, question mark. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. Well, why don't you get this? Not worry about yourself, worry about your children, worry about your grandchildren, worry about your family. The ones you're damning with your attitudes, the ones you're damning with your hypocrisies, the ones you're damning with your lawlessness, the ones you're damning with refusing to tell people what the truth of the word of God is. We've compromised, we've sold out. The mighty dollar reigns supreme. Got to preach for money today. Oh, God help us. Then in verse 7, thou madest him a little lower than the angels, with crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For then he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Today, as we sit here and preach, we've not seen all things put under his feet. Not all things are subject to him. But there is a day coming when all things will be subject unto Jesus Christ. Bless his holy name. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man, glory be to God, that thou visitest him. Psalm chapter 8 is that fulfillment. In Psalm chapter 8 is that prophecy given of this man, Jesus Christ. That's why we take heed. That's why we don't let these things slip. Because there is a day coming when Jesus Christ will put this world under his feet. All things will be subject to him. You and I will be subject to him. Our children will be subject to him. Our neighbors will be subject to him. Our friends will be subject to him. Our enemies will be subject to him. All things will be subject to Jesus Christ. He tells us that in Psalm 8. He tells us that in verse 4, What is man thou art mindful of him, and the son of man thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. And then verse 6, I had a little note, but we see Jesus. Amen. That's later in the chapter. Why do we preach these things? Because we see Jesus. We've seen him in the oracles of God. We've seen him in the prophecy. We've seen the gifts. We've seen the understanding. God has opened our eyes to see. And because we see him, thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Glory be to God. What an excellent name. What a marvelous name. And when he puts all things in subjection, my friend, everything's going to be different. 
All the creatures will be in subjection to him. It'll be different. That's why we see the lion. That's why we see the ox. That's why we see the lamb. That's why we see that child playing on the hole of an asp. Why? Because all things will be in subjection to Jesus Christ. Because we see him. My friend, he'll rule and he's going to reign. And here it is we see in the scriptures all these things are put together. All of these things we have understand according to the scripture. This wasn't for the angels. This wasn't for us. This is not our calling, but it's Jesus Christ. Why do we preach law? Because Jesus Christ. Why do we preach the Old Testament? Because of Jesus Christ. Why do we preach what we preach? Because of Jesus Christ. And then he tells you in verse 9, but we see Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm glad I've seen Jesus. I'm glad I've been at the feet of Jesus. I'm glad I've worshiped Jesus Christ. I'm glad I know he's the son of God. And it's not just words. I know it in my heart that he's the son of God who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. That is doctrinal. That is anti-Calvinist doctrine. That is anti-fatalist doctrine. That is biblical doctrine. He was made a little low. Boy, the poor hyper-dispensationalists. They don't believe the book of Hebrews is for us. They can't even use that verse. Boy, I'd lay my head on my pillow and weep my eyes out tonight if I didn't think I could use that verse to satisfy my soul in Jesus Christ. Boy, I'd be so hopeless. I'd probably be like Judas tonight. I'd be so hopeless and so helpless. Lord knows what I might do if I didn't have that verse to satisfy me. But thank God I have that verse. In the inward parts of my soul, I've seen Jesus Christ. He was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. And then the word of God said he was crowned with glory and honor. And then when he was crowned with glory and honor, then he tasted death for every man. And I like that expression, tasted death. How did he taste death? It was just a sting to him, friend. Oh, glory to God. It was just a sting to him. And he put it under his feet and he conquered death and he overcame death and God delivered him and God brought him out and he's alive and he's alive forevermore. He tasted death for every man. How did he do that? By the grace of God. It was the grace of God that Jesus Christ should taste death for every man. Good biblical word, should. Why? He's God. It's an absolute with God. He ordered it. He commanded it. It was so. Why? Because he's the son of God. Therefore, we ought to take heed to these things. Therefore, we ought to take heed, more earnest heed to the things that we've heard. We ought not let these things slip. And you say, well, you got into some legal stuff. We ought not let these things slip because of Jesus Christ. You ought not fall away from these things because of Jesus Christ. Y'all not let these things go by the wayside because of the person of Jesus Christ, that he might receive the honor, that he might receive the glory. And when he comes, he'll put all those things under his feet. My friend, there'll be people of every race and of every nation, and they'll stand and worship the Most High God. There'll be people with every color of ink on their bodies and every cutting and every marring and every scarring and every type of hair and every color of hair, and they'll stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they'll say, I've been blood washed, I've been born of God, I've been birthed into Jesus Christ. I can't change the outward, but all oh, Jesus Christ can change the inward blood. 
bless his holy name. He changed me on the inside. I can't do a thing about what I've done outwardly, but he's done everything for what I've done inwardly. He's paid the price for what I've done inwardly. He's paid the price for my sin, and he's worthy to be praised, friend. He's worthy. That's why we don't let these things slip. Oh, my friend, we need to recover some of these things. We need to start preaching the truth of the Word of God. We start telling folks exactly what they need to hear, lest they go in that awful place called hell, die in their sins and their iniquities, and one day they will rightfully say, no one ever told me. No one ever told me. All they told me about Jesus is the New Testament. They never told me about that law. They never told me about that condemnation. They never told me I was under the law. They never told me the law was my schoolmaster. I never saw it because no one ever told me. They'll be cast into hell having never been told of the goodness of God that leadeth into repentance. And oh, my friend, what joy it brings to my heart to know that it was the goodness of God because the grace of God made it so that Jesus Christ should taste death for every man. And I know a lot of preachers, they use that little thing. They say, hey, put your name in there. You know, for God so loved Tim McVeigh. You know why I've never done that? Because I didn't get in on Tim McVeigh. I got in on the world, and he died for the world. And I don't say he tasted death for Tim McVeigh, because I didn't get in on Tim McVeigh. I got in on every man. That's where I got in. He tasted death for every man. He tasted death for you. He tasted death for me. He died for the sins of the whole world. And how we ought not let these things slip. Have a great weekend. Lord, we'll be back on here Monday in chapter 2. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website, and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory of